Chapter Twenty Seven of Ormond by Maria Edgeworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Ormond had written to Monsieur and Madame de Connell to announce his intentions of spending some time in Paris, and to thank them for the invitation to their house an invitation which however he declined accepting but he requested monsieur de connell to secure apartments for him in some hotel near them upon his arrival he found everything prepared for a milord anglois handsome apartments fashionable carriage well-powdered laquais and a valet de chambre waited the orders of monsieur connell was with him a few minutes after his arrival welcomed him to paris with cordial gaiety was more glad and more sorry and said more in five minutes and above all made more protestations of regard than an englishman would make in a year he was rejoiced delighted enchanted to see mr ormond madame de connell was absolutely transported with joy when she heard he was on his road to paris madame was now at versailles but she would return in a few days she would be in despair at mr ormond's not accepting the apartments in the hotel de connell which were actually prepared for him but in fact it was nearly the same thing within two doors of them he hoped mr ormond liked his apartments but in truth that was of little consequence for he would never be in them except when he was asleep or dressing ormond thought the apartments quite superb and was going to have thanked monsieur de connell for the trouble he had taken but at the word superbe connell ran on again with french vivacity of imagination certainly mr ormond ought he said to have everything now in the first style he congratulated our hero on his accession of fortune of which madame de connell and he had heard with inexpressible joy and mademoiselle ophelie too she who had always prophesied that they should meet in happiness at paris was now absolutely in ecstasy you have no idea in short my dear armand of what a strong impression you left on all our minds no conception of the lively interest you always inspired it was a lively interest which had slumbered quietly for a considerable time but now it wakened with perfectly good grace ormond set little value on these sudden protestations and his pride felt a sort of fear that it should be supposed he was deceived by them yet altogether the manner was agreeable and connell was essentially useful at this moment as sir ulic had justly observed a coxcomb in fashion may in certain circumstances be a useful friend but my dear fellow cried connell what savage cut your hair last it is a sin to trust your fine head to the barbarians my hairdresser shall be with you in the twinkling of an eye i will send my tailor allow me to choose your embroidery and see your lace before you decide i am said to have a tolerable taste the ladies say so and they are always the best judges the french dress will become you prodigiously i foresee but just heaven what buckles those must have been made before the flood no disparagement to your taste but what could you do better in the black islands 
paris is the only place for bijouterie except in steel paris surpasses the universe your eyes will be dazzled by the palais royal but this hat you know it can't appear it would destroy you my chapelier shall be with you instantly it will all be done in five minutes you have no idea of the celerity with which you may command everything at paris but i am so sorry that madame is at versailles and that i am under a necessity of being there myself to-morrow for the rest of this week but i have a friend a little abbe who will be delighted in the meantime to show you paris from the moment of his arrival at paris ormond resolved to put florence annalee completely out of his thoughts and to drown in gaiety and dissipation the too painful recollection of her duplicity towards him he was glad to have a few days to look about him and to see something of paris he should like as he told monsieur de connell to go to the play to accustom himself to the language he must wear off his english or irish awkwardness a little before he should be presented to madame de connell or appear in french society a profusion of compliments followed from monsieur de connell but ormond persisting it was settled that he should go incog this night to the theatre francois connell called upon him in the evening and took him to the theatre they were in une petite loge where they could see without being seen in the box with them was the young abbe and a pretty little french actress mademoiselle adrienne at the first coup d'oeil the french ladies did not strike him as handsome they looked as he said like dolls all eyes and rouge and rouge as he thought very unbecomingly put on in one frightful red patch or plaster high upon the cheek without any pretence to the imitation of natural colour eh fi donc said the abbe what you call the natural colour that would be rouge coquette which no woman of quality can permit herself no dieu merci said the actress that is for us tis very fair we should have some advantages in the competition they have so many by birth if not by nature monsieur de connell explained to ormond that the frightful red patch which offended his eye was the mark of a woman of quality women only of a certain rank have the privilege of wearing their rouge in that manner your eye will soon grow accustomed to it and you will like it as a sign of rank and fashion the actress shrugged her shoulders said something about la belle nature and the good taste of monsieur langlois the moment the curtain drew up she told him the names of all the actors and actresses as they appeared noting the value and celebrity of each the play was unfortunately for ormond a tragedy and lequin was at versailles ormond thought he understood french pretty well but he did not comprehend what was going on the french tone of tragic declamation so unnatural to his ear distracted his attention so much that he could not make out the sense of what any of the actors said tis like the quality rouge said connell your taste must be formed to it 
but your eye and your ear will accommodate themselves to both you will like it in a month Monsieur de Connell said this was always the first feeling of foreigners. But have patience, said he. Go on listening, and in a night or two, perhaps in an hour or two, the sense will break in upon you all at once. You will never find yourself at a loss in society. Talk at all events, whether you speak ill or well, talk. Don't aim at correctness. We don't expect it besides as they will tell you we like to see how a stranger play with our language monsieur de connell's manner was infinitely more agreeable toward ormond now than in former days there was perhaps still at the bottom of his mind the same fund of self-conceit but he did not take the same arrogant tone it was the tone not of a superior to an inferior but of a friend in a new society and a country to which he is a stranger there was as little of the protector in his manner as possible considering his natural presumption and acquired habits considering that he had made his own way in paris and that he thought that to be the first man in a certain circle there was to be nearly the first man in the universe the next morning the little abbe called to pay his compliments and to offer his services monsieur de connell being obliged to go to versailles in his absence the abbe would be very happy he said to attend mr ormond and to show him paris he believed he humbly said that he had the means of showing him everything that was worth his attention away they drove gar gar cried the coachman chasing away the droves of walkers before him there being no footpaths in the streets of paris they were continually driven up close to the walls ormond at first shrunk at the sight of their peril and narrow escapes monsieur apparemment is nervous after his voyage said the abbe no but i am afraid the people will be run over i will make the coachman drive more quietly du tout not at all said the little abbe who was of a noble family and had all the airs of it leave him to settle it with the people they are used to it and after all what have they to think of but to take care of themselves la canaille la canaille synonymous with the swinish multitude an expression of contempt for which the parisian nobility have since paid terribly dear ormond who was not used to it found it difficult to abstract his sympathy from his fellow-creatures by whatever name they were called and he could not exclusively command his attention to admire the houses and churches which his abbe continually pointed out to his notice he admired however the fine facade of the louvre the place de louis quinze the astonishingly brilliant spectacle of the palais royal notre dame a few handsome bridges and the drives on the boulevards but in fact there was at that time much more to be heard and less to be seen than at present in paris paris was not then as fine a city as it now is ormond in his secret soul preferred the bay of dublin to all he then saw on the banks of the seine 
the little abbe was not satisfied with the paucity of his exclamations and would have given him up as un foi anglois but that fortunately our young hero had each night an opportunity of redeeming his credit they went to the play he saw french comedy he saw and heard mollet and madame de la rouette the abbe was charmed with his delight his enthusiasm his genuine enjoyment of high comedy and his quick feeling of dramatic excellence it was indeed perfection beyond anything of which ormond could have formed an idea every part well performed nothing to break the illusion this first fit of dramatic enthusiasm was the third day at its height when connel returned from versailles and it was so strong upon him and he was so full of mollet and madame de la rouette that he could scarcely listen to what connel said of versailles the king's supper and madame la dauphine no doubt he should like to see all that but at all events he was positively determined to see mollet and madame de la rouette every night they acted connel smiled and only answered of course he would do as he pleased but in the meantime it was now madame de connel's night for seeing company and he was to make his debut in a french assembly connel called for him early that they might have a few minutes to themselves before the company should arrive ormond felt some curiosity a little anxiety a slight flutter at the heart at the thought of seeing dora again the arrival of her husband interrupted these thoughts connel took the light from the hands of crepin the valet and reviewed ormond from head to foot very well crepin you have done your part and nature has done hers for monsieur yes truly said crepin nature has done wonders for monsieur and monsieur now he is dressed has really all the air of a frenchman quite l'air comme il faut l'air noble added connel and he agreed with crepin in opinion that french dress made an astonishing difference in mr ormond madame de connel i am sure will think so continued connel will see it with admiration for she really has good taste i will pledge myself for your success with that figure with that air you will turn many heads in paris if you will but talk enough say everything that comes into your head don't be like an englishman always thinking about the sense the more nonsense the better trust me livrez-vous let yourself out follow me and fear nothing cried he running downstairs delighted with ormond and with himself he foresaw that he should gain credit by producing such a man he really wished that ormond should succeed in french society and that he should pass his time agreeably in paris no man could feel better disposed towards another even if he should take a fancy to madame it was to the polite french husband a matter of indifference except so far as the arrangement might or might not interfere with his own views and these views what were they only to win all the young man's fortune at play à cela près, excepting this 
he was sincerely ormond's friend ready to do everything possible de faire l'impossible to oblige and entertain him connel enjoyed ormond's surprise at the magnificence of his hotel after ascending a spacious staircase and passing through antechamber after antechamber they reached the splendid salon blazing with lights reflected on all sides in mirrors that reached from the painted ceiling to the inlaid floor not a creature here yet happily madame begs said the servant that monsieur will pass on into the boudoir anybody with madame no one but madame de clairville only l'ami intime said connel the bosom friend how will dora feel how will it be with us both thought ormond as he followed the light step of the husband entrez entrez toujours ormond stopped at the threshold absolutely dazzled by the brilliancy of dora's beauty her face her figure her air so infinitely improved so fashioned dora ah madame de connel cried ormond no french actor could have done it better than nature did it for him dora gave one glance at ormond pleasure joy sparkled in her eyes then leaning on the lady who stood beside her almost sinking dora sighed and exclaimed ah harry ormond the husband vanished ah ciel said l'ami intime looking towards ormond help me to support her monsieur while i seek the l'eau de cologne ormond seized with sudden tremor could scarcely advance dora sunk on the sofa clasping her beautiful hands and exclaiming the companion of my earliest days then ormond excused to himself sprang forward friend of my childhood cried he yes my sister your father promised me this friendship this happiness said he supporting her as she raised herself from the sofa où est-il où est-il where is he monsieur ormond cried mademoiselle throwing open the door ah ciel comme il est beau a perfect frenchman already and how much embellished by dress ah paris for that did i not prophesy dora my darling do me the justice but comme vous voilà saisie here's l'ami with l'eau de cologne ah my child recover yourself for here is some one the comte de jarillac it is entering the salon the promptitude of dora's recovery was a new surprise to our hero follow me said she to him and with parisian ease and grace she glided into the salon to receive monsieur de jarillac presented ormond to monsieur le comte anglois irlandois an english an irish gentleman the companion of her childhood with the slightest lightest tone of sentiment imaginable and another count and another came and a baron and a marquis and a duke and madame la comtesse de blank and madame la duchesse blank 
and all were received with ease respect vivacity or sentiment as the occasion required now advancing a step or two to mark empressement where requisite regaining always imperceptibly the most advantageous situation and attitude for herself presenting ormond to every one quite intent upon him yet appearing entirely occupied with everybody else and in short never forgetting them him or herself for an instant can this be dora thought ormond in admiration yet in astonishment that divided his feelings it was indeed wonderful to see how quickly how completely the irish country girl had been metamorphosed into a french woman of fashion and now surrounded by admirers by adorers in embroidery and blazing with crosses and stars she received les hommages enjoyed le succes accepted the incense without bending too low or holding herself too high not too sober nor too obviously intoxicated vanity in all her heart yet vanity not quite turning her head not more than was agreeable and becoming extending her smiles to all and hoping all the time that harry ormond envied each charmed with him for her early passion for him had revived in an instant the first sight of his figure and air the first glance in the boudoir had been sufficient she knew too how well he would succeed at paris how many rivals she would have in a week these perceptions sensations and conclusions requiring so much time in slow words to express had darted through dora's head in one instant had exalted her imagination and touched her heart as much as that heart could be touched ormond meantime breathed more freely and recovered from his tremors madame de connell surrounded by adorers and shining in the salon was not so dangerous as dora half fainting in the boudoir nor had any words that wit or sentiment could devise power to please or touch him so much as the harry ormond which had burst naturally from dora's lips now he began almost to doubt whether nature or art prevailed now he felt himself safe at least since he saw that it was only the coquette of the black islands transformed into the coquette of the hotel de connell the transformation was curious was admirable ormond thought he could admire without danger and in due time perhaps gallant with the best of them without feeling without scruple the tables were now arranging for play the conversation he heard everywhere round him related to the good or bad fortune of the preceding nights ormond perceived that it was the custom of the house to play every evening and the expressions that reached him about bets and debts confirmed the hint which his guardian had given him that connell played high at present however he did not seem to have any design upon ormond he was engaged at the further end of the room he left him quite to himself and to madame and never once even asked him to play there seemed more danger of his being left out than of his being taken in donnez-moi le bras 
come with me monsieur ormond said mademoiselle and you shall lose nothing while they are settling about their parties we can get one little moment's chat she took him back to the boudoir i want to make you know our paris said she here we can see the whole world pass in review and i shall tell you everything most necessary for you to know for example who is who and still more it imports you to know who and who are together look at that lady beautiful as the day in diamonds madame de connell do you mean said ormond ah no not her always said mademoiselle though she has the apple here without contradiction continued mademoiselle still speaking in english which it was always her pride to speak to whomsoever could understand her absolutely without vanity though my niece i may say it she is a perfect creature and mise à ravir did you ever see such a change for the best in one season ah paris did i not tell you well and you felt it well yourself you lost your head i saw that at first sight of her à la françoise the best proof of your taste and sensibilité she has infinite sensibility too interesting and at the height what you english call the tip-top of the fashion here so it appears indeed said ormond by the crowd of admirers i see round madame de connor admirers yes adorers you may say encore if you added lovers you would not be much wrong dying for love éperdument épris see there he who is bowing now monsieur le marquis de beaulieu homme de cour plein d'esprit homme marquant very remarkable man but ah voilà qui entre of the court did you ever see finer entree made by man into a room so full of grace ah le comte de bellechasse how many women already he has lost it is a real triumph to madame de connell to have him in her chains what a smile c'est lui qui est aimable pour nous autres d'une soumission pour les femmes d'une fierté pour les hommes as the lamb gentle for the pretty woman as the lion terrible for the man it is that comte de bellechasse who is absolutely irresistible absolutely irresistible ormond repeated smiling not absolutely i hope oh that is understood you do not doubt la sagesse de madame besides heureusement there is an infinite safety for her in the number as you see of her adorers wait till i name them to you i shall give you a catalogue raisonne with rapid enunciation mademoiselle went through the names and rank of the circle of adorers noting with complacency the number of ladies to whom each man of gallantry was supposed to have paid his addresses next to being of the blood royal this appearing to be of the highest distinction and a propos monsieur dormont you yourself when do you count to go to versailles ah when you shall see the king and the king's supper and madame la dauphine ah mademoiselle was recalled from the ecstasy in which she had thrown up her eyes to heaven by some gentleman speaking to her as he passed the open door of the boudoir arm in arm with a lady mademoiselle answered with a profound inclination of the head whispering to ormond after they had passed 
monsieur le duc de c with madame de latour why he is constant always to that woman heaven knows better than me stand if you are so good monsieur a little more this way and give your attention they don't want you yet at play then designating every person at the different card tables she said that lady is the wife of monsieur blank and there is monsieur le baron de l her lover the gentleman who looks over her cards and that other lady with the joli pompon she is intimate with monsieur de latour the husband of the lady who passed with monsieur le duc mademoiselle explained all these arrangements with the most perfect sang-froid as things of course that everybody knew and spoke of except just before the husbands but there was no mystery no concealment what use to what good ormond asked whether there were any ladies in the room who were supposed to be faithful to their husbands eh, ma nièce par exemple madame de connell i may cite as a woman of la plus belle reputation sans tache what you call unblemish assuredly said ormond you could not i hope think me so indiscreet i believe i said ladies in the plural number ah oui assuredly and i can name you twenty to begin there do you see that woman standing up who has the air as if she think of nothing at all and nobody thinking of her with only her husband near her cette grande emblème there is madame de la rousse d'une reputation intacte frightfully dressed as she is always but hold you see that pretty little comtesse de la brie all in white charmante i give her to you as a reputation against which slander cannot breathe nouvelle mariée bride in what you call the honeymoon but we don't know that in french no matter again since you are curious in these things there is another reputation without spot madame de saint-ange i warrant her to you bien froid celle-là cold as any english married a full year and still her choice to make allons there is three i give you already without counting my niece and wait i will find you yet another said mademoiselle looking carefully through the crowd she was relieved from her difficulty by the entrance of the little abbe who came to summon monsieur to madame de connell who did him the honour to invite him to the table ormond played and fortune smiled upon him as she usually does upon a new votary and beauty smiled upon him perhaps on the same principle connell never came near him till supper was announced then only to desire him to give his arm to a charming little countess la nouvelle mariée madame de connell belonging by right of rank to monsieur le comte de bellechasse the supper was one of the delightful petits soupers for which paris was famous at that day and which she will never see again the moralist who considers the essential interests of morality more than the immediate pleasures of society will think this rather a matter of rejoicing than regret how far such society and correct female conduct be compatible is a question which it might take too long a time to decide 
therefore be it sufficient here to say that ormond without staying to examine it was charmed with the present effect with the gaiety the wit the politeness the ease and altogether with that indescribable thing that untranslatable esprit de société he could not afterwards remember anything very striking or very solid that had been said but all was agreeable at the moment and there was great variety ormond's self-love was he knew not how flattered without effort it seemed to be the object of everybody to make paris agreeable to him and they convinced him that he would find it the most charming place in the world without any disparagement to his own country to which all solid honours and advantages were left undisputed the ladies whom he had thought so little captivating at first view at the theatre were all charming on farther acquaintance so full of vivacity and something so flattering in their manner that it put a stranger at once at his ease toward the end of the supper he found himself talking to two very pretty women at once with good effect and thinking at the same time of dora and the comte de bellechasse moreover he thought he saw that dora was doing the same between the irresistible comte and the marquis plein d'esprit from whom while she was listening and talking without intermission her eyes occasionally strayed and once or twice met those of ormond is it indiscreet to ask you whether you passed your evening agreeably said monsieur de connel when the company had retired delightfully said ormond the most agreeable evening i ever passed in my life then fearing that he had spoken with too much enthusiasm and that the husband might observe that his eyes as he spoke involuntarily turned towards madame de connel he moderated he might have saved himself the trouble he moderated his expression by adding that as far as he could judge he thought french society very agreeable you have seen nothing yet you are right not to judge hastily said connel but so far i am glad you are tolerably well satisfied ah oui monsieur Armand, cried mademoiselle joining them we shall fix you at paris i expect you hope i suppose you mean my dear aunt said dora with such flattering hope in her voice and in the expression of her countenance that ormond decided that he certainly intended to spend the winter at paris connel satisfied with this certainty would have let ormond go but mademoiselle had many compliments to make him and herself upon his pronunciation and his fluency in speaking the french language really like a frenchman himself the marquis de beaulieu had said to her she was sure monsieur dormant could not fail to succeed in paris with that perfection added to all his other advantages it was the greatest of all the advantages in the world the greatest advantage in the universe she was going on to say but monsieur de connel finished the flattery better you would pity us ormond cried he interrupting mademoiselle if you could see and hear the vandals they send to us from england with letters of introduction 
barbarians who can neither sit stand nor speak nor even articulate the language how many of these boutors rich of good family i have been sometimes called upon to introduce into society and to present at court upon my honour it has happened to me to wish they might hang themselves out of my way or be found dead in their beds the day i was to take them to versailles it is really too great a tax upon the good breeding of the lady of the house said madame de conall deplorable when she has nothing better to say of an english guest than that ce monsieur là a un grand talent pour le silence ormond conscious that he had talked away at a great rate was pleased by this indirect compliment but such personnages muets never really see french society they never obtain more than a supper not a petit souper no no an invitation to a great assembly where they see nothing milord anglois is lost in the crowd or stuck across a doorway by his own sword now what could any letter of recommendation do for such a fellow as that the letters of recommendation which are of most advantage said madame de conall are those which are written in the countenance Armand had presence of mind enough not to bow though the compliment was directed distinctly to him a look of thanks he knew was sufficient as he retired mademoiselle pursuing him to the door begged that he would come as early as he could next morning that she might introduce him to her apartments and explain to him all the superior conveniences of a french house monsieur de conall representing however that the next day mr ormond was to go to versailles mademoiselle acknowledged that was an affair to which all others must yield well flattered by all the trio and still more perhaps by his own vanity our young hero was at last suffered to depart the first appearance at versailles was a matter of great consequence court dress was then an affair of as much importance at paris as it seems to be now in london if we judge by the columns of birthday dresses and the honourable notice of gentlemen's coats and waistcoats it was then at paris however as it is now and ever will be all over the world essential to the appearance of a gentleman that whatever time pains or expense it might have cost he should from the moment he is dressed be or at least seem to be above his dress in this as in most cases the shortest and safest way to seem is to be our young hero being free from personal conceit or overweening anxiety about his appearance looked at ease he called at the hotel de conall the day he was to go to versailles and mademoiselle was in ecstasy at the sight of his dress exclaiming superbe magnifique monsieur de conall seemed more struck with his air than his dress and dora perhaps was more pleased with his figure she was silent but it was a silence that spoke her husband heeded not what it said but pursuing his own course observed that to borrow the expression of crepin the valet de chambre no contemptible judge in these cases 
monsieur armand looked not only as if he was ne coiffe but as if he had been born with a sword by his side really my dear friend continued monsieur de Connell, you look as if you had come at once full dressed into the world which in our days is better than coming ready armed out of the head of jupiter mademoiselle ophelie now seizing upon ormond whom she called her pupil carried him off to show him her apartments and the whole house which she did with many useful notes pointing out the convenience and entire liberty that result from the complete separation of the apartments of the husband and wife in french houses you see monsieur et madame with their own staircases their own passages their own doors in and out and all separate for the people of monsieur and the women of madame and here through this little door you go into the apartments of madame ormond's english foot stopped respectfully eh entrez toujours said mademoiselle as the husband had said before at the door of the boudoir but madame de Connell is dressing perhaps said ormond hey puis and what then you must get rid as fast as you can of your english préjugés and she is not here neither said mademoiselle opening the door madame de Connell was in an inner apartment and ormond the instant after he entered this room with mademoiselle heard a quick step which he knew was dora's running to bolt the door of the inner room he was glad that she had not quite got rid of her english prejudices mademoiselle ophelie pointed out to him all the accommodations of a french apartment she had not at this moment the slightest malice or bad intention in anything she was saying she simply spoke in all the innocence of a frenchwoman if that term be intelligible if she had any secret motive it was merely the vanity of showing that she was quite parisienne and there again she was mistaken for having lived half her life out of paris she had forgotten if she ever had it the tone of good society and upon her return had overdone the matter exaggerated french manners to prove to her niece that she knew les usages les convenances les nuances enfin la mode de paris a more dangerous guide in paris for a young married woman in every respect could scarcely be found monsieur de Connell's valet now came to let mr ormond know that monsieur waited his orders but for this interruption he was in a fair way to hear all the private history of the family all the secrets that mademoiselle knew of the amazing communicativeness of french women on all subjects our young hero had as yet no conception End of chapter twenty seven